to Birth Control. I'm David. I'm Jessica. And this is a couple's take on traveling abroad. So on this episode, we're going to talk about Cuba. Now, I know a lot of you are probably a little bit worried about going to Cuba. There is a massive embargo, especially if you're an American, if you're a European. Or, not a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal because you can go there, no problem. But for, for you Americans, this is really for you because it's intimidating to go there. It's hard to go there. But there's actually a very easy method to get there. And it's very worth it. And it, quite affordable, actually, too. Very, very it, it, can, it can be less expensive than going to several other Caribbean islands. Mm -hmm. So here's the steps you got to go through. The, what you need to do is use the support for the Cuban people method. It's not quite a visa, but it's, it's your declaration. It's, it's your paperwork. It's how you get through. Uh, there were some older ways of getting into Cuba if you were an American, but ignore every single one of those. There's many methods, but if you want to go as, you're not technically a tourist, but this is the way to go to as a tourist. It's called support for the Cuban people, and there's three major requirements. Now, this is pretty easy. You need to stay at bed and breakfast. You need to eat at Casa Particulars. Now, these are locally owned, family, individual owned restaurants. Most restaurants are owned by the government. You do not want to support the government. You want to support. Yeah, the you're people. not allowed to support the government. That's the idea. Is you're you're right. you're supporting private enterprise as opposed to the government. Exactly. So you need to eat at Casa Particulars, locally family-owned restaurants, and you need to do four hours of scheduled activities at each day. Now, on top of these three things, you need to make sure you keep your receipts for five years, just in case there's an audit or something of that nature. It's just that easy. Those three big things, stay at B&Bs, Casa Particulars, and four hours of activity each day. Now by activity, we mean things like local tours, like history museums that are not government owned. Yeah, going to a museum counts. Going to local breweries, there are some very good breweries in, around. So just things like that, that that support the Cuban people, that you document that you intend to do these things each day. Right. And there was a requirement that says you need to do charity work, and that was an interesting requirement. We were worried that because we went privately, we went on ourselves, we didn't go with a tour group, that maybe we'd have to get with an organization that does this. You don't technically have to do that. You just have to put on your schedule that you're going to do some sort of charitable things. So one of the things that we learned is if you bring a bunch of school supplies. And donate them to local business people. Or just give them away. Or give them away. We brought a bunch of notebooks, pencils, pens, that sort of stuff. Things that are a little hard to get in Cuba. Now you got to put that on your schedule though. That's the thing. is You've got to find documented proof that you're doing these things. Photographs help. Also, a complete written itinerary of your time in Cuba. Right, so every day you need to say, I'm staying at a bed and breakfast, I'm eating at this, at this Casa Particular, this restaurant that is owned by a private person, not by the government, and that I'm doing, going to this museum, I'm going to this place. But again, it's really easy. You just have to put these on your itinerary, and if they're ever asked for, you have to, you have to present those to whoever is asking for that. That's it. That's all you need to do. Yeah, so as an American, you can go to Cuba. So let's walk our way through our trip. So we started out flying. Now, you might think, oh, well, you got to get to Cuba. It's kind of hard to get there, but it's actually quite easy. It is very easy. There are direct flights out of Miami and out of Atlanta. We flew from Missouri to Atlanta, and then it was a short 90-minute flight. Very easy. Yeah, there's other flights out of Miami quite a lot, but I think it was two a day out of... Atlanta. I think it was two a day. It took a 737 to Havana, landed absolutely no problem, and it was relatively affordable. It was. I mean, honestly, it would be more expensive and more difficult to get to the Virgin Islands. We had it our was. honeymoon on St. Croix. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was honestly harder to get to. It was. We had more connecting flights. It was longer. It was more expensive. Havana, easier to get to. So we arrived at Havana. Now, here's the big thing about Cuba that you Americans need to remember. You can't use your credit card. No. You can't use your debit card. ATMs are verbose. Non-existent. Yeah, you can't use them even if they did exist. So you have to bring all of your cash. We could not spend any money that was not cash except for our Airbnb. We got our Airbnb reservation. We were able to pay with a credit card in advance. But everything else, we had to budget. All right, how much are we going to spend on dinner? How much are we going to spend on tourist activities? Even our bus trips. As souvenirs, extra shopping you might want to do. Everything we had to put it on a budget. And so we ended up thinking, all right, let's bring $1,000 in cash to Havana to exchange for Cuban dollars. So we brought $1,000 in cash, and they had these change machines right at the airport. By the way, don't worry about all that stuff in Europe where you have to change not at the airport. Change your currency at the airport. If you change it at the hotel, they'll actually charge you a worse rate. And there's really not a lot of options other than the airport or the hotel. Change it at the, at the airport. It's the best way of doing it. The problem was the, there's this machine. It's like a vending machine. You stick your U.S. currency in or your European, your euros or pounds in, and it gives you Cuban dollars. Well, it broke. It was not functional. I end up $500 into this machine, and it broke. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Well, a Cuban official came over. She unlocked it. She pulled my money out. Thankfully, she was very honest, actually, and she let me exchange with her. So no problems. It could have been a big problem. It could have been. But there wasn't a problem. So we got our Cuban currency. Now, we did one thing that was a bit odd. We had heard that U.S. dollars don't have a good rate. So we actually brought euros. We did. I had our bank exchange euros for dollars. I essentially brought a thousand U.S. dollars worth of euros and exchanged there. We were traveling with some family, and they did not bring euros. They brought U.S. dollars, and they had no trouble. So I don't know if I should recommend don't bring U.S. currency. If you want to bring other currencies, you'll have no trouble. Euros, dollars, t to be honest, you might just look in advance what the exchange rate is and what the best thing is, but you shouldn't have any trouble either way. But budget carefully and bring all your cash you're going to spend for that Plan week. Plan ahead. Yeah, you can't use credit cards, debit cards at all. Now, as for accommodations, we stayed in an Airbnb. This particular Airbnb was the apartment of a former Duke's mistress. Oh, gorgeous. Lovely. Marble, stone. High ceilings, beautiful miniature balconies. I say miniature because they were maybe a foot wide. Yeah, you, you could kind of lean out, out over it, and and that was about it. You couldn't really sit on it. <laughs> it was enough you could stand and have a wonderful rum drink. Looked out over the Malacone, looked out over the ocean. Mm. Lovely, wonderful view. The Malacone, that's that ribbon road that you see in all the pictures of Havana that just runs right up against the coast. It's just this gorgeous, every time you picture Havana. That's what you picture. Oh, and we were right in the heart of it. We were in the middle of things. It was brilliant. Um, now, every morning, the, I believe it was the owner's cousin? I don't know who she was, to be honest. This lovely Cuban lady, Leora, would come and she would prepare us breakfast. Now, when I say breakfast, it was simple, it was exquisite. Fried eggs, fresh, mm -hmm. local fruit, and I believe guava juice every morning. Oh, no, she was a different juice every morning, but one of them was guava, but she would, they, they'd make this coffee, they'd bring this just excellent butter. It was all fresh, it was so, all local. So good. Best breakfast, frankly, on most of our travels, top five breakfast And this was just travels. included in the Airbnb. It this was. is just a normal thing. And it was so interesting because this place ended up being about, I think, 
$200 a night. We were okay. going with another couple, and so we were able to split the cost. $100 each, and this was just luxury living. So, again, Cuba, you can do it relatively inexpensively. Now, the only downside of this apartment, we were on, I believe, a fifth floor. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty high. And the elevator was a rusted piece of malarkey that <laughs> I don't... didn't function, and if it had, we wouldn't have used it anyway because it was a death trap. It's probably been a good sensory since it's been functioning. <laughs> probably. You you walk into this building and it looks like it's gonna fall apart, but then you go up to the Airbnb. It's a genuine Miss Havisham of a building. Oh, you go up there and it's just amazing. Oh, it's lovely. But getting there is a bit of a dicey situation. Yeah. So travel light, the elevator may not work, and you do not want to haul a huge suitcase up five flights of stairs. Right, and don't stay at a government-owned hotel, anyways. There are hotels, but as an American, a you're not supposed to, and b they're not really that good. And you will not get the wonderful experience we had with Leora and her wonderful cooking. You might not get that everywhere you go, but good, good luck getting that Airbnb. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so, first day we get there, we have again our scheduled activities. The first thing we really want to go to is see some rum. So of course, Cuba rum. Right, Havana Club Rum is their famous rum. You actually can't get it in the United States. Although there are a couple of stores, I think, in Austin, I think, that has, has yeah, it available. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's not widely available. It's called Havana Club Rum. It's, it's pretty good. It's the official rum of Cuba. Right, and so it's everywhere. You drink it all the time if you like rum. I don't believe we drank any rum that was not Havana Club Right, rum. And, and, and we went to this distillery. We learned all about it, and that counts. It does. That counts as your four hours of scheduled activity. On top of that, we went to the History Museum, which is the old presidential palace, mm -hmm. which was really neat. It shows where uh, the communist rebels came into the palace, and there's actually bullet holes in the wall that they preserve, mm -hmm. where they say that they shot up the old president. Uh, well, I mean, they didn't shoot the president, they shot up the walls. The mansion. The, right, the mansion, and, and so it's like their White House, and it's been turned into a museum, which showcases the history of Cuba. Really interesting place. Uh, and then we went, after that, we went to dinner at a Casa Particular, which was right near our Airbnb. It was on the second story. Really interesting place, this family-owned thing. Where Very they, friendly family. It's really a restaurant, but it's a family-owned home, and they just serve you like you're a guest at their house. Right. There's only, I believe, two tables at this particular Casa Particular. Yeah. And we were able to get some really good food. I would make Phenomenal one recommendation, food. though. Don't eat as much fish as you might think because the pork is just the so pork good. The pork in Cuba is to die for. The fish was kind of a disappointment. The lobster, we had a lobster, but I'd heard that the lobster is all owned by the government. So I believe most of the fishing is owned by the government, right. and so that's why getting quality fish that's not government owned is actually quite difficult. Right, so pork is the way to go when you're in Cuba. Now on our second day in Cuba, we went to the Hemingway house. Now of course we're both literary people. David is a huge Hemingway fan, so we could not miss Hemingway. <laughs> we were able to tour Hemingway's house. We saw his boat. We saw, oh gosh, his pool, his, his writer, typewriter. His yeah, typewriter. his typewriter. I believe you got a photo sitting at his typewriter. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's a bit uh, audacious of me, but you know. A man can dream. Yeah, it's a place to be dreaming, yeah. Exactly. Cuba is a great place to dream. Now, after the Hemingway house, we took a classic car tour. Oh. Now, Cuba is, of course, famous for its classic cars. They are everywhere, and you can smell them. There's not a catalytic converter to be had on the island, and we miss it. Something you don't see in the pictures is the smog. It was actually quite bad. It got to the point where our lovely apartment in the fifth floor, we had to close those glorious shutters because the smog 
just seeped into everything. It would make your eyes water. It now was so said, bad. <laughs> that said, this is a worthwhile trade-off of mine because these cars were beautiful. Well, I wouldn't want to live with it every day. <laughs> now, for the car tour, we got a delightful, amazing, lovely 1954 Chevrolet Impala. Lipstick red with a white streak, white wall tires, beauty, beauty, beauty of a car. The tour actually has these lined up in, in front of the Malacone where, where, where we set out. There were like five or six of these cars. And this was the most beautiful of the lot. I spotted it and I kind of elbowed my way to it because you got to get to it and you have to compete with the other tourists who are going there. We got the most pretty car. We definitely got the prettiest car. Now this tour took us past the Hotel Nacional, past the famous mural of Trey Guevara, and just around Havana and looped down the Malacone. So it was amazing, and by the end of it, the sun was setting, and we got out, and we, we, we had dinner that night afterwards, and oh, it was great. And we, we went to this bar where we got, what was the cocktail? The Cancanchara, and I'll be showing you this later. Yeah. Well, on the third day, we had made the decision that we were going to go to Veradero. Veradero is like the beach resort town of Cuba, and you can get there quite easily. I do not recommend renting a car. No. You can do it, Ugh, it's dicey, but there's buses that go there all the time. They're quite affordable, quite convenient. Clean, Don't... easy to ride. Yeah, you can take a taxi that'll take you all the way there. That's expensive, but Very. the buses are easy to get to. They're easy to book. We, you, we book them actually at the Hotel Nacional, mm -hmm. departs from there and leaves. Now, again, we had reserved an Airbnb at Veradero. You can't violate the hotel policy just because you're not in Havana. So we had this really interesting Airbnb right on the beach. Which was about all it had going for it. <laughs> it was not very good. It was microscopic. Tiny rooms. But you walk out the door and there's the beach. You walk out onto sand. The beach is maybe 20 yards away. Or, I'm sorry, the shoreline is maybe 20 yards away. You are on the beach. The shoreline's 20 yards and away. And these are readily available. The, oh, easily. You can get a lot of these Airbnbs. So there is actually a quite nice golf course and resort, but don't stay there because A, you're not allowed to, and B, I'd rather stay at these, as crappy as they are, these little apartments. But you do need to see this place. It's called the Hotel Xanadu. Oh, it's great. It was apparently started by the DuPont family, the famous chemical people, and the government actually took it from them. It was one of their big complaints. Like, all these American big business people, they're, they're putting all these casinos and hotels here, and then the government took them. So now they're government-owned. But they're still nice. You can go they're there and lovely. visit. You should see them, just don't stay there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great place. So Veradero, it was a little bit tougher to get scheduled things to do. Because it is a much smaller town. There isn't as much to do. But there are some fun things to do in Veradero. You can go to the market. You can visit restaurants. That still counts. And visiting the hotel, the... Hotel Xanadu. The Hotel Xanadu. Very nice place. That is still Again, it's a scheduled activity, so mm -hmm. it's cultural. You're looking. And we had a nice opportunity. We gave away some school supplies while we were there. We too. did. What was really interesting is the night we were there, we had dinner at a Casa Particular. We went to a brewery. Now, I can't... This is not something we expected to find. We're such hipsters. We found a, a brewery in Cuba. I mean, it's just such a... I feel like such a cringy person for saying it. But this place, the Vector... Factorial Brewery. The Factorial Brewery in Veradero. It was really interesting. Uh, it It's really nice. It's got some fantastic looking equipment. They spent top dollar on it. The beer's okay. The beer was okay. It was better than you would expect to find on an island nation. Yeah, it, it was acceptable. And, and it's a fun place to hang out at night. And they had a cover band 
playing American rock music. It Everything was, from Queen to Prince and beyond. Right, and, and it was so surreal. We're in Cuba, and people are singing Western, you know, Queen and whatnot. I had an entire brewery singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Right, and we're all drinking beer and, and craft beer. You swore you were in Austin or something like that. It was not Cuba. Which was both surreal and cool and weird at the same time. It was it was an interesting experience, worthwhile going to. Absolutely. So we spent the next day hanging out at the beach, and we eventually we had to go back. We loved Veradera so much, so we had to go back to Havana because that's where we were flying home from. So we had one last day in Havana. Now on this last day, we had dinner at just a casa particular. Um, now at this point. There's a water problem in Cuba. This place is a communist country, and supplies sometimes run short. Right. So in this case, it was water. We couldn't you couldn't find drink tap water because the infrastructure is very outdated, but we could not find bottled water. So our travel companion, one of them, and myself both got very dehydrated. And you don't know how thirsty you can get when A, you can't drink the tap water, and B, you can't buy bottled water. All you can find is lemon lime soda and rum. They had, this is communism in a nutshell. They had pallets of carbonated so lemon, lemon lime soda everywhere. But no water. Not a drop bottled water or a tap water to be found. But anyway, this Casa Particular, um, we went in feeling very ill because we were dehydrated. We needed water. Spent all day at the beach. Spent all day at the beach. He started off the meal with this wonderful, I believe it's pork broth soup. Mm. Now this soup revitalized us. So we were able to enjoy our dinner. We had, well, I believe I had, you had pork. I think we all had pork. I think, we I think all one had of pork. our companions had chicken, but that was a mistake. But. He did regret the chicken. <laughs> the pork, again, get the pork in Cuba. Oh, it's so good. And this guy had this really interesting house. It's just one guy. It's this tiny house, two tables, real small thing. But what was really interesting, it was in the middle of nowhere. It was. We had to walk, I believe it was a mile or more, through Havana. And when we left, it was very dark. It was late at night. However, it was a Saturday night. This is a little grim, guys. I apologize. Cuba is an incredibly oppressed country. They're communists. The government has no patience for shenanigans from their people. So the people are very oppressed, which sucks for them, but makes it very safe for tourists because the citizens are too afraid of their government to try to pull anything. So it's very safe for tourists, just not for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. So Saturday night. We're walking down the middle of nowhere, and if I were in an American city, really anywhere in America, and it was dark, and there was someone coming at me at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday in a side street, I would be scared. Absolutely. But in Cuba, you really have nothing to worry about because these people live in constant fear of their government. So you can, it's a weird thing to say, but you, you can feel safe in Cuba because of that. They want your tourist dollars. They want your tourist dollars. They want your tourist presence. They want you doing what we're doing and saying, look, guys, you need to go to Cuba. The only ones who doesn't, don't want you there are the American government, which right. is why you need to go through all these steps and processes. Right. So that night was really interesting because they had this big like Havana anniversary party. They did. The whole city was in celebration. It was really fascinating. Walk around seeing just partying everywhere. And we ran into this... <laughs> Unique couple. Oh, unique is a nice word. From Austin. And so, right, we've talked the many steps. They're real simple, but there are steps. You have to have an itinerary. You have to do these specific you steps. You have to get a visa in advance. They ignored every single one of these They did it all wrong. They showed up, and they didn't have any cash. They apparently fought some... They, they, had, they told us they had to deal with police because they went to a bank and tried to withdraw money, and you're not allowed to do that. And 
they gave them the wrong amount or something like that. They did not have as smooth an experience as we did. We don't know if they were able to get back home without any trouble. Or whether they got audited within the five years. We highly recommend you don't do what they did. Right. It's really easy to get there safely and without any trouble. It just requires just a microscopic amount of due diligence. Don't do what they did and just show up. Right. Yeah. At least if you're an American. I mean, maybe if you're a UK citizen, you can still do that. Or even Canadian citizen. Again, it's really easy. Go through the proper channels. Go through the proper channels. So on the return trip, we were a little bit nervous. Right. We had bought a few souvenirs. We bought our painting here at a street fair as well as our little abalone mask. And we're only nervous because you don't know. You don't know. We've never been there before. So let me reassure you, the process is easy. As, as long as you do your homework. Right. But here's the interesting thing. Not to make that other couple we met justified, but the only issue we had is we're going through customs and no one spoke to us at all. No one. We showed them our passports. We're Americans. We were let back in. We're at the Atlanta airport. Mm -hmm. And a customs official sees us and says, where did you come from? We told him, Havana. He kind of had a pause, like, what? Are you all? So even the customs guard was like, you're allowed to go there? And so we told yeah, we just came back from Havana. They have like two flights a day. Do they not prep you on this? So we, he said, did you bring anything? We said, well, we had this abalone shell. He said, mm, let me see it. And we showed him our little abalone mask. He said, I don't know what abalone is, but that, that looks fine. So that was the only grief we got. That's it. So when you're, when you're bringing back souvenirs, you can bring back rum. But you have a limited amount. Very limited. So we just didn't do that. We, we didn't bother. We don't want to bother with it. Cigars, you're not allowed to at Verboten. all. Verboten. So don't... You, you, don't even try. Yeah, don't even try. It's not a Smoke good idea. Smoke them while you're there. The, yeah. Uh, Romeo y Julieta yeah. are very respectful. You can just go to a bar and bring a cigar. Or... In fact, one of our favorite experiences, we bought Romeo y Julieta cigars. We went to the Floridita. Mm -hmm. No, it was not the Floridita. Do well, we went to, to the, the Floridita. Floridita. Oh. We went to a different bar where we smoked our cigars, we drank daiquiris, we had a wonderful, quintessential, stereotypical Cuban experience. Mm -hmm. So you can have all those experiences. You can drink like Hemingway at the Floridita. You can smoke like Hemingway. You can do whatever you want uh, that a, a tourist with their head on their shoulders can do. So just pay attention. Don't do anything stupid. Do your homework. Do your homework and, and go with an open mind. It's not going to be a Holiday Inn, uh, sandals type experience. All inclusive. It's not that. You have to put a little bit of work in. You have to lower your expectations. But Cuba it, is a very poor country. You're not going to get the five-star luxury spa experience. What you are going to get are some of those friendly people on the planet, some incredible food, a beautiful city, incredible cars, this wonderful, wonderful place, and these wonderful, amazing people. So that's Cuba. Easy to get to, relatively affordable, but just follow those simple rules. Support for the Cuban people. Don't forget that. This has been Passports and Birth Control. I did it. Don't forget your passport. Don't forget your birth control. Alright guys, we've got the Kankanchara recipe. Now this is a very simple cocktail we had in Havana. It dates back to the 1860s and the 10-year Cuban War for Independence from Spain. The guerrilla fighters would often drink this to wake themselves up in the morning. It's very simple. Three ingredients. You have an ounce and a half of light rum. In Havana, they used Havana Club, but we can't get that here, so we're using our favorite, Crusion. So you have that. You have the juice of one whole lime. So if I got my sliced lime here, we're going to squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And squeeze, squeeze, squeeze some more. 
So as you can imagine, with this much rum and this much lime, it's going to be a very tart drink. So we're going to soften that up with about a tablespoon of honey. So once you get your ingredients in there, you're just going to stir, stir, stir. Your goal here is to dissolve the honey. So that doesn't take very long. So once you have your honey dissolved, you're going to take a stoneware or clay glass. A regular glass is okay, but the stoneware dries it out. And with the honey, you want that. So a little bit of ice, and then just pour your kombucha over ice. Hey guys, like Passports and Birth Control? Give us a review and follow us on Instagram. Tell us in the comments where you'd like us to go next and support us on Patreon.